Yo, hello guys. Welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. It is a podcast where we speak to amazing and fascinating people from across the globe to inspire comedians like you and me to live this comedic journey on our own terms. Now, our next guest is No Field of Paul. He's a comedy producer, podcaster, and comedian all the way from New Jersey. And Tony Soprano is his personal mate. Please welcome <laughs> No Field of Paul. Hey, what's okay? going on? How are you, buddy? Not too bad. Did Did you like my Tony Soprano? Impression? It sounded like uh, Tony Soprano met Ali G. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not quite what I wanted, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like this. Uh, this the video effects on this Zoom are awesome because he doesn't look anything like a Jamaican guy, but he sounds just like. You know. <laughs> so the next, I'll do the next bit of the podcast. I'm gonna go. What, bub? Are you trying to diss me? Are you not yeah. listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, is that right? I'm scared you're going to pull out a machete next. You know? Has there been... So you've been in New Jersey for 20 years and you've been in the comedy scene quite a while. Have you had anyone that's actually gone and done a character in New Jersey where they've tried being Tony Soprano or tried being a rude boy? Oh, yeah. Any, any Italian comic that's over 30 decides to, you know do the same acts as every other 30 year old Italian. <laughs> I have a good friend, Nicky Petito, who actually, uh, he does, and he's an impressionist. He does a really, really good Tony Soprano. And uh, he does a lot, actually Spike Lee put him in one of his commercials, he's that good. So, but uh, it's it's totally annoying because he does Al Pacino, he does uh, Tony Soprano, he does, uh, what's the guy's name? The the Chantix guy. Oh, the, the, guy, the guy out of, um, Goodfellas, and he does a lot of those voices, but uh, I, uh, whenever I see it, I'm like, oh god, not again, you know. <laughs> I mean, does it does it get a bit um like I mean, one of the guy, the guy, the funniest person comic that I see that has that kind of voice is Joey Diaz, and I think Joey Diaz is a Joey Diaz. Yeah, he's, he actually lives uh, not far from me now. He moved from California. I'm not sure why he moved back to New Jersey, but he's from Jersey City area and, and Bayonne and those areas. So he's very very funny. I did a I did a, a radio show with him years and years and years ago, and uh, yeah. Very funny, very funny guy. He's kind of like, you know, he's popular not on Ro the you know, Joe Rogan level, but uh, he's very popular. He, he did a podcast called the what was it the Church? Um, yeah, yeah, very funny guy, very funny. What, what what is the thing with him? So he lives in New Jersey now. So how do you know he lives six miles away from you? Uh, everybody knows everybody around here, you know. But uh, yeah, it's everyone knows everybody and where we are you know because everybody goes to the city he's a, he's i don't think he's gone to the city yet he was supposed to go to a, a club in jersey which is called the dojo of comedy east which is in morris plains yeah. and uh i think he's still germaphobed up I, I don't think he ever made it there so i don't think he's left his house in two years <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean he's yeah you're he's he's was he, so I mean, you said that he's incredibly funny and all that. Was he exactly like you see in a Joe Rogan podcast when you him on the radio where he just doesn't give a fuck and sit anywhere? Yeah, no, he doesn't give a shit, you know. And, and you know, every story is about, you know, doing coke or, or someone getting nearly killed. And, you know, he's like, uh, he was, back in the day, I think he was the real, he was the real, in the circle of the Tony Sopranos, you know, he was one of those guys yeah. that, before it was, you know, there's a lot of comics that are older that, you know, you find out 
they had an alternate life <laughs> before, you know, criminal records and, you know, people getting beaten up and a lot of, a lot of drugs, you know, there's a lot of drugs in the old comedy scene from like 20, 30 years ago, you know, it was, it was the thing at the time, you know. Hmm. Well, I think some, quite a lot of comics are closing on being criminals even now. Right. <laughs> uh, you know what it is, you know, every comic, you don't get a comic that's from a normal background, you know what I'm saying? Every, every comic had something in their life that made them decide to be a comic, you know? I mean, how many, how many comics do you know that, you know, have a college degree and went to regular school and didn't get in trouble or didn't have OCD, you know? Yeah, and I call them white middle class comics. No, right? <laughs> but, but it's, well, it's unfunny comics is, is a better description. <laughs> you know, it's no. I think there's 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 something. I don't like like to say when comics say that all comics are fucked up. I'm not right. saying in your case, but some of the ones that say no, it, we all have something. We all have something. I don't care what anyone says. We all have something. I, I don't know how I make make of that, but I think. I think every human on the earth is fucked up to some degree, and I think just comics right. try and make it a bit more. But well, I think yeah, comics they have the narcissism on top of whatever happened. You know, they they think that everybody wants you to see them. You know. Oh god, yeah, that's true. I mean, you've got to be very gentle sometimes when you're dealing with comics, and you have to. It's you have to. They, they people will take it, and it's anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you, they can go on stage and talk shit about people for like half an hour, but then when they get off the stage, you tell them that one joke didn't work and they cry in the corner. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Have you had the stuff that? that makes me laugh harder is, you know, a comic, uh, you know, like New York City, the, 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 the comedy cellar is like the mecca in New York City. It's very hard to get in there. You know, you have to know, you have to get recommendations from like 10 people and you have to do auditions it's like the mecca to be and they have the famous comics table which is upstairs in the cafe that's above it and that table is famous for the comics they just lay into each other for like hours on end it's like it's like the, the battleground of the comics you know and uh, some of the comics th that are not there they don't get the you know this it's like a camaraderie off stage you know and some of them are like not very thick skin and i'm like you, you shouldn't be a comic if you can't take a joke you know yeah but it, but that's that's yeah that's definitely true i think a lot of comics are like that are quite thin-skinned definitely 100 percent. but they can shit on people for an hour on the stage though that's okay they can't take it yeah definitely right i'm like you, you don't you shouldn't you i mean the circle of guys that that i i run in everybody in the uh in the circle can handle it you know there's always there's always, there's always a line that you're trying to push and you will you will find the line that you shouldn't cross with someone and then you just keep digging and digging and digging and digging. You just, once you find that little, that little subject, you know, you know, it's, you it's, like, it's, it's off you go, you know? Yeah. Cause you know, you're not going to find something out and then go, ah, I shouldn't talk about that. No, you're going to keep going. <laughs> you, know? you came, all, came all the way from the, U the Isle of Wight into yep. New Jersey. How, how did that happen? What, what happened? Like in, what's it like in the Isle of Wight? Is it all cousins mostly? And then, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. It's, it's pretty rough, you know, but, uh, I mean, when I was, when I was 18, I, I moved to Southampton for a couple of years and then I actually met a girl online and then I came over here and got married. So that's kind of the route that I took to get over here. But, uh, you know, then I, I, I had an opportunity to, to get on a big radio show and I became a, a, a character on the radio show. Cause that's, 
Jim Norton, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a big comedian yeah. in America. He, uh, I met him and he just, he told the guys on the radio show that you need to get this guy on the show. And then I was on the show all the time and I got to hang out with, um, with Patrice O'Neill. Uh, so I don't know if you know all these names, but Patrice O'Neill, Bob Kelly, Bill Burr, Tracy Morgan, um, Rich Voss, um, Joey Diaz was there a few times. Uh, Bob Saget was there, um, and then you know a few more. And I got I got to get to be backstage with all these comics like all the time, all the time. And then I on the radio show with them all the time, you know. And I got to watch. Norton told me I should have done stand up, you know, in in 2004, 2005, and I never had the balls, which is weird because I'm very loud and outspoken, and I really should have just done it. But uh, I I didn't start doing stand-up until after the radio show was done, which was kind of stupid. I should have been doing this 20 years now, you know? It would have been inter interesting, though, isn't it, if you did do it then, because you, because of all the people you knew. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it would have... Uh, you know, that's, it's like, that's the favor I haven't caught in yet, you know, because I, I do know some pretty good comics, and I've caught... I've, I've, a few of them I've, I've said, hey, can I get on your show? And they've put me on, and it's been good. You know, like Bob Levy is, is a famous one over here. He's, he's, was, he was on How It's Done. He Bobby probably he's put me on his show and a few other comics that you probably haven't heard of from over there. But uh, I don't want to make that phone call to the bigger comics I know and go, hey, you know, can you, you know, help me out? Because you only get the one phone call, you know what I mean? You can only call that favoring once. And if you fuck up, that's the end of that, you know? So. Are you talking about Bobby Lee, the, the guy that, the guy that, that, who I think of, like Bobby Lee, the, the one that has the Tiger Belly podcast show? Oh, no, I know who you're talking about. No, the Bob Levy. He's, uh, they oh, call him the okay. Reverend Bob Levy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, Bobby Lee. Yeah, he's a he's a character. <laughs> but he's on he's on the West Coast. He's not over this side, so. So, so and what, what were the, what, now, this is nostalgia question. I, I'm a bit mm -hmm. like. What, I'm a bit of a historian, want to know a bit about, you know, the comedians you spoke with before. You know what I mean, son? <laughs> uh, what, what were what were they like? What are they as you see them on TV? Like the people Most of like... them are just regular people off the stage. They're just regular people. You wouldn't, you know, you, I'm sure you know Bob Saget from Full House, right? He, um, there was a, a funny thing backstage with him that made me laugh was, uh, this other guy who's from a TV show called Survivor in in America, as it was the first, he was on the first season. He was there with his girlfriend, and he, it was it was some chick from America's Next Top Model, and uh, they were hanging out. And I was talking to Bob Saget, and this guy just walks up and interrupts the conversation because this guy was like loud and whatever. He's like, "Hey, Bob, you want to swap?" And he points to his girlfriend, and Bob Saget just looks at the girl and goes, "Yeah, but what's in it for me?" <laughs> you know, like, fuck, you know. <laughs> Very, very funny, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> very, very I'm like, that's just fucking, because Bob's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, people see him on, on Full House. There's, there's honestly nothing funnier than when you go to a Bob Saget show and you see all these old ladies going, oh, I'm going to go see Danny Tanner from Full House. And you go in there and he breaks his guitar out. Your mother's a con. Go fuck yourself. Like this. And you're like, oh, shit, these old ladies don't know what they're getting themselves into. You know, <laughs> Getting ripped and boasted. Oh yeah, yeah. Bob Saget's horrific. You know, he's very funny, funny, but his his show's horrific. It's not some TV kid show, you know. Is he worse than Jerry Sadowitz? Would you say? Yeah. Worse than him? Bloody hell. Yeah, he's he's up there. You know, Kevin Wilson and Chubby Brown. You know. 
it is is would you say that Bobby Saget as a sort of his niche thing a bit like you get comics in the UK like Stuart yeah, Lee yeah yeah right? yeah he was dirty comic and then he got the TV show and then he was you know he was on that for a long time and then he came out and he went right back to what he was doing you know there's a few comedians like that that, that they you know we can't say that they sell out you know you you know you do that but then you know regular TV comes calling and starts throwing millions of dollars at you and so then you go oh I'm gonna be G you know I, PG or U-rated, you know what I mean? One one of the problems with the UK circuit is is, and I spoke. Do you know the Do you know Earl Oaken, Paul? Who is it? Earl Oaken. I've he's heard a, the name, but I haven't seen him. Well, he's a comedy legend in the UK circuit who's mm -hmm. been going since before the Comedy Store. He's mm -hmm. been doing comedy maybe sixty seven. He's he's seventy five, so he's been yeah. doing comedy way before the Comedy Store in the UK even opened. Mm -hmm. Um. But he he's he's one of the big problems with the UK comedy circuits. They focus more on how how young you are. Oh yeah, how yeah. Good I've, you are. I've had I've, 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 like in America. I've heard club owners over here say they won't hire anyone over thirty-five. I've literally heard club owners say that, which is which is stupid because when I book my shows, I book people that are funny. I don't care how old you are. I I want I don't, I want somebody who's funny. You know what I mean? Which which regions? I'm not going to say which clubs because then you're treading on hot water. But which right. regions did you did you come across someone say, "Oh, if you're over 35, we won't book you"? Um, some of the bigger clubs in New York. Oh shit, man! Yeah, New Jersey. There's a one club in New Jersey that they own. I heard. We've I've heard it four or five times. You know, that I don't know what their problem is. I don't I don't know if it's just because the younger people bring more people to see the show, or they're just you know, hey, old old comics are done. You know, we we don't need old comics anymore. I, it's you know, it's weird. It's a bit strange. You think in comedy that would be one of the things that would be okay with that because, but hey, they they, they it's all it's all a bit like a product, isn't it? They want to sell you. Right, right, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I I honestly don't get it. You know, and, and of course the the guys booking it are, are sixty years old because they've been doing it for twenty thirty years. You know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe because the old comics say what they want, where the new comics don't. You know, easy to and, it, and it's some of the bigger places too. It's you know, it's not like little shitholes. It's it's you know, some of the bigger places. I don't, I don't want to name the names, but it's it's some of the bigger places I've heard it from. You know, and I'm like, it's like disappointing. You know, it's disappointing when you hear that. You know. And so with your clubs, you you run, but your club is quite popular as well, isn't it? It's quite a it's like a showcase show in a way. Yeah, but we don't we don't really uh, see a lot of the, the shows that are around Jersey, other than the big places. It's like they they do these god awful shows with like ten comics, you know, and and nine of them are the guys' friends that suck, you know, and that that's kind of and then and and the, most of the showcase shows are in New York are bringer shows, which are like you know you you don't get on the show for talent, you get on the show because you got ten friends, you know. And that's that's when that's how we do. That's what we when we say showcase, you can pretty much guarantee it's a bring a show. And I don't know, you you guys have bringer shows in in, in London? I'm sure you do, right? Yeah, it's becoming quite an endemic actually in the London. Yeah, it's horrible. It's scene. horrible. And 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 the the thing, my problem with bringer shows, not only is it you know the guys taking advantage of it of the people, is what what if you've never seen comedy before, and the first show you ever see is a bringer show that sucks. And you're like, fuck comedy. I'm not going back to see comedy again. You know, it just ruins everything, you know. 
you you basically said a situation what you said there's a situation where someone sees someone that looks like me for the first time or like <laughs> you know they never seen another asian person but they see me and they see all right all other people like that and that's what you're saying yeah, exactly comedy. it's 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 new york city's bad for it there's a few clubs there that have, they used to be very popular and now they've just resorted to doing bringer shows 24 7 and, and you know they're in they're, they're in Times Square uh, and they've got guys with placards going, "Hey, you want to come see a comedy show?" You know, and all the tourists are like, "Yeah, let's, see, let's go see a comedy show." And then you get there and it's it's ten comics that have done comedy for like three weeks, you know, and you're like, "This is utter shit." It's the big, the biggest scam is they're like, you know, hey, you know, uh, you know, Andrew Dice Clay drops in occasionally. You never know who you're going to see, but then the truth of it is, he dropped in in 1984. You know, and it's a total scam. You know, the it's got awful. But but it, how often does it happen though with the big names popping into clubs in New York? It depends what clubs it is. There's a few clubs like Dave Chappelle popped into to a club called The Stand, uh, not that long ago, and he did four hours. How can you do that, Malone? He did four hours, and and then Jerry Seinfeld does long time too when he shows up, and he shows up at the Gotham Comedy Club randomly. You know. How the but, fuck are you meant to do that long without someone getting bored? Shit, I don't care how good you are. No, but... Dave Chappelle, man, he can—he's four hours. I have—I mm. have a friend called Paul Veneer, who's not—you know—that he wouldn't be known over there. I wouldn't have thought, but he—he uh, he does music, music, and he does like a variety show, and he can do five hours, no problem, no problem at all. He just keeps going. He's like a steamroller, just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. But yeah, Dave Chappelle did four hours quite recently. So what's going on there? Because in, in, in Edinburgh, like people work the whole year to prepare for an hour. And then you... Yeah. Get... But then I hear from other comics that have come from America, it may take them 10 years to write a good hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how long have you, how long, how long have you been doing it. But uh, I mean, I'm I, I, like four years in as, as like committed to being a, a comic. And uh, I'm, I'm at like, you know, I've done 41 minutes is my, my longest I've ever done. That I'm that I'm happy with, but uh, yeah, it takes a long time to get something. But then Jim Norton, who, who he does a comedy special every year, so he writes an hour and ten minutes every year. Whenever he does a comedy special, he throws all that material in the garbage and doesn't do it ever again, and he creates a whole another hour, you know. So I guess yeah. you know once you've been doing it a long time, you get the skill. I mean, I'm sure that you found as you did it longer and longer, you could write material quicker, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a magic act and sort of a prop magician rather than a straight stand-up. So it's okay. different. But uh, yeah, like carrot top. Not quite, but you. I hope not. <laughs> not quite. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's yeah, it's interesting, and uh, but there's no way you could even if you're Kevin Hart or whatever. There's no way you can write a new hour every year without getting some help. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Some of the. I mean, Norton doesn't get help. I know for a fact. But you know, there's. Yeah, you're right. You know, the comics that do that, they they have people writing for them, or they they buy material. You know. But uh, you, you, you know, it's, you know what's easier though. You know what's easier if you if you tell stories right. Like, say you got a story that takes you know eight nine minutes. You think about it. You you can put an hour together with seven stories. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're a good storyteller, like I I have bit I I, I write a story. And then I end up chopping it down and, and making a, a minute joke out of it when I really should be writing 10 minutes, you know? 
But that's what they say in New York, isn't it? They have to get quickly to the punchline. It's very... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, I know comics that are like, you know, every 10, 12 seconds, there's a, there's a tag, you know, to a story. I, my, I've always said that, you know, the more famous you are, the longer the people will wait for a, for a joke, you know? If, you, if you're like Dave Chappelle, you can tell a story that lasts three or four minutes and not have a joke until the end. And people will sit and go, okay. You know, they'll wait, they'll wait. But if, it, if, it's, if you're just a regular person, regular comic, people aren't going to sit there for two, three minutes waiting to no. see if you tell a joke at the end, you know? Well, that's what they say. I had an incident with a guy from... Uh, this is a comic that I shouldn't be saying, but he told me the story that uh, uh, someone from The Inbetweeners, which is a big program in the UK... Yeah, no, I love that show, yeah. Yeah, one of the guys, uh, I'm not going to say who, went up and did 10 minutes at the Glee Club and the first two or three minutes, they were all for him. He didn't say anything. But then after that, oh, he bombed terrible. It oh, was a course. ghost town. Yeah, of course, of course, you know. But because he was there for like, and it's the same with famous comics. It definitely get, it's much easier to be funny because people already believe that they're good. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. But it, you know what it is? Is a lot of these people. I mean, I don't know about those guys, but a lot of the people from these TV shows. You know, that haven't been stand-up comics. They think they can do it, right? And it's it's not the same thing as being in a room and reading a script. And, and you get and in a TV show, you get to try it three or four times until you get it right. You know. But I mean, you see Greg Davis go up. That guy's a maniac. You know. Greg Davis. Yeah. He's he's some. I, I wish I'd seen him live. <laughs> yeah. Actually, a friend of mine um, went to a pub. I don't know where. Like right near Leicester Square somewhere. He told me, and he was in there watching a comedy show, and Greg Davis showed up and just did a random spot. And he said, that dude is fucking tall. <laughs> you know? He said, that guy is way taller than you think he is. He looks big on the TV, but he's way bigger than that, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, him and Dara Brian, they're mm -hmm. six foot six. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. I think one thing I think, I don't know, this may be a sweepy statement, but I noticed that comedians either tall or they're short. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Probably right, yeah. Like it goes back to there's always something different about comedians, you know, there's always something going on. Maybe they got maybe the short kids got bullied when they were kids and now they're like, Fuck you, I'm gonna do comedy. Yeah, and the tall guy maybe got bullied a bit because Yeah, exactly. Him, so. Yo, Lanky, what's up? You know, <laughs> Jesus. And with with the sort of setup of the jersey scene so it's very close to new york right so there's the, there's lots of mixes, well, I mean, right? yeah, the north of jersey is right next to new york yeah so there's a lot of people that live in like jersey city in that area that you can just hop on the train for like two dollars and you're in the city you know the pro here's the, here's the problem with the city when it comes to being an up-and-coming comic you know in jersey there's 500 comics right maybe 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 500 comics in in new york city there's ten thousand. I'd, yeah, maybe even more. I, I got the feeling when I was over there. And so how do you compete with that? How do you stand out? Strip. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know stripper comedians that are fucking horrible, but I do know stripper comedians. You know, it's like, it's like you know, you, it's like, yeah, how do you stand out? I don't, you know. In Jersey, it's much easier because there's way less people, you know. And, and most of, out of the 500, 400 of the comics, uh, what we like to call open micers for life. You know, they, they, don't, they don't have any plan to become anything more than open micers. 
and they put a show on, you know, like the showcases you're talking about, they put a show on at the same, pl- the same place they do open mics with the same 10 people they do open mics with. And that's it. That's their whole thing. They don't, they don't have any motivation or any brain plan to, to become bigger, you know, where me, I'll, I, I'll book shows everywhere, to, you know, cause I want to get seen, you know, hmm. Well, you book shows everywhere. So you, oh, how yeah. many how many shows do you run? <laughs> well, before the pandemic, I was I had a show every Saturday in four different locations every month. Um, Which four locations? All, all different places in in New Jersey, and then I I've had shows in Delaware, which is you know not that nice shithole. Um, I, I Connecticut, I've had shows. I've had shows in the city too, but not really anywhere standout-ish but my biggest show is you know i do a place called the comedy cove in springfield new jersey i do the, the, the dojo i did a show i i do shows in, on the jersey shore in a, in a restaurant with a huge 200 seater back room i used to do that all the time but they're still scared of covid so they're not doing it anymore but uh yeah i mean our books i i i'm out every week trying to find places to put comedy shows on you know so at least you have stage time Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, people, people don't get it. You know, there's a lot of shows where they take advantage of the comics. Like, you know, the, the guy will get paid $500 to put a show on, but then he'll give the comics 20 bucks, you know, or, or not, or not even there's a, there's a notorious booker who's not going to get named. He booked a show for $3,500 and he paid the guys in food. I think that's, yeah, that's a bit extreme. But I've 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 had it I've had it in in the other way as well in terms of the, when I run a new material night and a paid gig, so I, I run a I might I run a new material night in Kingston mm-hmm. and it's only a pound for people to get in, but yeah. I only I barely it's just a new material night for me to test things out in other acts. So it's because really an open mic, right? But it's yeah, effectively. Bit, yeah. But I make a little bit of money on the side mm-hmm. to pay for like oh. advertising, getting people in. But then I've had some people try and you know ask for expenses and try and persuade me to pay them when I don't make that much in my It's an open mic, stupid. How stupid do you think I am? And like, yeah. you're being a bit of like, it's, it's what planet are you on? I'm not going to be a pretend to be a nice person. Right. But then I'm going to lose money every gig. It's no. a bit ridiculous. Like, no, I mean, I've... the amount of times that you go to mics and you have to pay for your, your petrol and you have to pay for the train or the bus, you know, and, and why why should you pay those people? I mean, if you know, like I said, if it's a, if it's a book show, uh, you know, say you book a show at a pub and they're, they're paying you a decent amount of money, you know, you should take care of the comics. I I've never put on a paid show that I haven't paid everybody. I literally have never done that. But there's so many people in this area, even in New York City, is bad for it, really bad for oh, it. Like they put a show on, and they don't pay anyone. I, th- I think that no, I think that where it comes into it. So I run another paid gig where I charge five pounds. And I pay the comics on it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's there's there's got to be limits. I think from both sides in the UK, it's a lot nicer. So there's a lot of comics coming from America and other places because there's mm-hmm. more opportunities, easier to get paid, and you get paid better. Mm-hmm. But I think the UK doesn't really realise how good it is sometimes compared to other places. Like you can make jokes right. politically without getting killed. Mm-hmm. Also, if you go to Egypt and some other places I've spoken to in the podcast, they say, "Oh yeah, imagine that suck." You probably it's... couldn't half my actually three quarters of my jokes I can never do that. <laughs> oh God, man, that's that's uh, what I'm gonna send you on a flight right back to Egypt, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your best uh, your best prop joke ever. You 
pull out a plane and put me on it. <laughs> that <would be> quite <laughs> funny. <laughs> Guess what? Hey, we're sending this guy to Egypt. Follow you... following them with a camera crew as, as the guy gets stabbed in the in the first shot. <laughs> What are some things that you've had, like some horror stories you've heard? You've mentioned some of it with payment, with acts and shows. But what, what, what would you say is the limit where it gets met in between? Because I think that, that sometimes in hit in the UK, people try and do it the other way. Well, you know, a lot of the new comics will, will, will think that the whole concept is to be as offensive as possible when they first start. And it takes them a little while before they, they figure out that you don't have to be crazy offensive to be a comic, you know? <laughs> Like, you know, the, the I know guys that the first week they're up there doing 9-11 jokes and fucking Holocaust jokes and, and stuff, you know, and you're like, you, you, I mean, when I was on the radio show, we used to do all that stuff because it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we, we used to be horrific, you know, and that was just the time. But now you could never do that stuff, you know, and when I first did comedy, I did the same thing, you know, I, I wrote some really horrible shit and, you know, the, the people figured out real fast, you know, you know, you don't need that. You just need to be funny, you know. You just need to be funny, you know. Do you have like uh, like clicks over there where there's like a group of people that stick together and they try and control a certain area and they won't let anybody new into their their circle and it's just annoying. Yeah, 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 completely like that. In in, uh, but I think the main thing is you you could put the thing in the in the UK is you could probably make a living being an open spot. With yeah, there's there's comedy nights that need people across the country, but in right, London right, right. it's it's a bit like New York and LA. But nowhere near to their level, from what I hear. Right, right, in terms right. Of, it does exploit comics in a way, and and, and it's a very difficult um, market. And I think if you want to become a proper comic, you've got to just travel across the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I get the best shows and I do the best money in New Jersey. You know, and and a New York comic going into like the like Chicago and and like. The Midwest of New York, you can make double the money over there than you make in, even doing a professional show over here because they need, they're, like you said, they need the, they're looking for people, you know, and people aren't there. And that's why a lot of comics become Vogue comics, isn't it? Mm -hmm. they, 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 and the, the, I hear the college circuit pays a lot. College circuit, uh, even the religious circuit, you know, like uh, synagogues and churches and stuff. But you know, you can imagine what kind of material you have to do there, you know. College is very liberal now, you know. You gotta, you gotta really tone it down, you know. You, you, those gigs, you'll, you'll go in there and they'll be like, okay, no sex talk, don't talk about race, don't talk about, you know, orientation, don't talk about that. You know, they'll give you this horrible list of stuff. But the worst part is, you know, you're getting five thousand dollars for the gig. And so you have to do what they say. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you, I did a, a show for an eighty-year-old lady's birthday, a big 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 show at a, at a huge venue and uh i don't do clean material i mean i'm not i'm not dirty i'm just you know I, I i the way i talk it's more it's more it's not sexual it's like just r-rated or 18 rated kind of thing but it's not uh i don't do like dirty porn type talking you know and they're, they're like yeah yeah we need clean you can't talk about this and that and i'm like oh god this is gonna be great and, and i i think i got six minutes and then I just brought the headline around. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, they did it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was horrible. It's so hard doing jokes in your head going, okay, I'm going to take this word out. I'm going to change this word. I got to do this. I got to not say that. And it, so, like you said, some, some people make a really good living. If you can make $5,000 for one night at a college and do that every weekend, 
That's fucking good. <laughs> right? It's, it's yeah. good, and I know people that do it. I know, you know, another thing that people joke about is, is uh, cruise comics, right? You guys have cruise comics over there? A few, but I don't really, I've not heard that much about them yet, but I, 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 I'm going to, yeah. They make a boatload, of, no pun intended, they make a boatload of, of money, and, you know, but they're, again, it's like, you got to talk about this, you got to do this. I know people that make a crazy living doing that, make a crazy living doing that. But the regular comics mock me like, oh my God, you're a cruise comic, you know? Meanwhile, they're making 50 times as much as they are, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, you're living in a basement flat with holes in it and right you're living and, with your parents exactly and being home homeless and then then right. you've got other people that are i mean where would you rather be yeah i mean a lot of par a lot of comics sleep on people's couches yeah i've seen that like uh what's it called there's a really talented comic called usama sadiq or something in new york he he did a lot of that and he's only starting to break through now i think Right, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of comics like that. If you, uh, if you saw, there's a show on HBO called Crashing about a comic called Pete Holmes, um, and it's based on his life. And he's like, you know, he's sleeping on Artie Lang's couch, you know, four or five days a week. He's he's at the comedy place, and he's, he, I mean, do you guys do like barking and stuff like that when you do comedy shows? I don't know if you know what that is. It's where you help promote a show and get you're outside in the street for five hours trying to give away tickets trying yeah. to sell tickets and then in return for that you get you know your five minutes of stage time at two o'clock in the morning when no one's there you know so yeah it's ridiculous isn't it new york city is bad for that you don't really get that outside of new york city and outside of la but mainly new york city because new york city's so on top everybody's on top of each other you know? so you can sit on the corner and you can see twenty thousand people walk past you know because it's so competitive and everyone has to do yeah. each other over to get over oh yes oh you talk about that bro the, even in new jersey the the the, the fuckery that goes on in the, behind the scenes you know it's it's just horrible you know you know like a friend of mine got a good gig at a casino it was a, like a five six hundred seat gig you know and they're like you know one of her friends is like oh you know this this guy said uh that you could get this 200 seater next week and the, and then the other girl starts calling the guy behind the other girl's back and just says, "Hey, can I get on this this show as well? My friend's on it." I'm like, "Why are you, why are you fucking people over by you know calling their contact and just ruining the whole relationship?" You know. Oh God, trying to hop on that person's success. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Big, yeah, big there's, time. there's a lot of that in there. It's it's, mm. but. What so two of the things I want to say is, what do you think is the right balance in terms of promoters and comedians meeting in in the right midway point where both sides win? And what would yeah. you say is? Well, you should definitely. I mean, like we said before, you should definitely pay people. Um, definitely book people that are funny, not because you you know, not because what they can do for you. A lot, you know, a lot of things that happens over here is you'll book another promoter because they'll put you on their show, you know. And sometimes they suck. My my aim is to sort of show on that you want to come back to next month. You know that's my my plan. I I try not to put on people that can give me a spot. I used to do that. If I got a, a shitty show at a bar that's paying me forty dollars, I'll just put anyone on because who gives a shit, you know? But if you know if if you're making a thousand dollars for a show, you you want you don't want the venue to go out. Oh, that show was shit. We don't need you here next month. You know? Yeah. It's 
Exactly, because otherwise they're not going to put you on. And right. You have to do I've it. actually stopped doing a lot of the little shows because it's, they're just a waste of time. And they're horrible, you know. Have you, I mean, I, I mean, how, how, what's the furthest distance you've traveled? And when you get there, it's a fucking garbage show. You know, you're like, ugh. Oh, uh, I, I went to pool uh, not so long okay. ago. The guy didn't really organize it that well. I hope he's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> but no, um, it was it was a bit all over the place, and it wasn't really. Yeah, it was a. He had a bit of an audience, but it wasn't well organized or anything. Oh, actually, no, Birmingham. That was the furthest I've ever traveled for a gig and not for there not to be anything. I, we, we, I, we affectionately have a thing over here called ambush comedy, right? And what ambush comedy is, is you get to a venue and no one there knows there's going to be a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had that where you show up and then the whole room's like, oh, there's a comedy show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's well. <laughs> but what's the... But what, what would you is would you say New Jersey? What's the setup in New Jersey as opposed to New York? How do you compare them? Well, like I said, there's, from there's beginner, only from uh, beginner to top. And how would you go? If my name uh, was Bobby Bobby Carrot Fischel, um, yeah. how would I progress in New Jersey? And how would I progress in New? A lot of it, actually. The guys I know that have that have jumped up, you know, it's just meeting the right person at the right time. You know, it's a lot of luck to it. You know, there's not. You know, like it's like you can plan in your head. You know, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on this show, but it, it's 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 luck. It's being seen by the right person at the right time. It's that's absolutely. I know people that suck that have are, are up in the ladder, and you're like, why is this guy up here? And it turns out he was at this right show when this one guy showed up and saw him and said, hey, you want to do my show? And off he went. You know, hmm. it's it's more it's you can you can plan it, but. It's you've got to get someone to see you, you know. And I, I, a lot of these shows that are bringer shows in in New York City, they're like, oh, it's the industry show, you know. You're going you're going to get seen by the booker, and then the, you know, no one's there. There's no booker there. Why would a fucking booker be at a bringer show? You know, it's just a scam. But that's what it's like in LA and New York. They 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 prey on on the readiest people to and make. Then new money. comics get screwed, you know. They get, they get screwed. They, you know, people from New Jersey, it's it's hard to get, you know, eight people to go to New York City and do a show. You know, it's not it, it looks like it's close, but it's 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 a big hassle to get people. New Jersey is easy because everyone's got a car. You know, you go, hey, you want to come do a show in this town? Come watch me do a show. And they're there. No problem. But if you try and get eight people to go to New York City and you have to get on the train, you have to take the subway. It's got to, you got to be there at six o'clock and you just finish work at five. You know, it's it's a big hassle and people do it, you know, and most of the shows are garbage, you know. There's a couple of big clubs that will do a bringer on like a weekday and it's a big deal. Like Gotham Comedy Club does a bringer, but they have a show called Gotham Live, which is on Access TV. Just to go to the audition, it's 15 people you have to bring. Mm. And I from I heard from another podcast. This from a pro comic in the UK called Adam Rowe. When he went to New York, he was able to test a few spots at big clubs because he knew people from New York. Mm -hmm. Like but, I said, it's who you know. It's knowing people. People have to say, "Oh, this guy's good. This guy's good." Right. So you basically, I think it's actually easier when you come from somewhere else to get a spot, you know? Because they don't know how shit you are. <laughs> well, oh, you're from out of town, so they kind of stick you on. You know, you're like, okay. 
they'll help you out and because they'll yeah. be like oh you could help me out when i'm here or there or right exactly 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 you know it's like it's like you know i know people that drive, drive to ohio from new jersey which is like an eight hour drive because you know they're they a they don't have anyone over there to do shows but you know they're like oh you some get some new york comics and put them on you know hmm. yeah and it's because new york has such a big reputation it can mm -hmm. It, it does happen. There's been quite a few uh, comics from America who've come in here, done quite well, got signed. Mm -hmm. Now they're, they're going on TV. I'm pretty sure a lot of the American ones that have made it here have probably come from New York or L.A. Oh, yeah. New York and L.A. is the big scenes. You know, you don't you don't hear some guy from fucking Kansas. <laughs> oh, look, there's a comic from Kansas. He's going to talk about, you know, working on a farm, having sex with his sister. You know? <laughs> No, you want to hear that from a New York comic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but is there, where where do you think the, the, because it's so competitive, and I had a chat with a friend of mine, where things are too competitive, really competitive, uh, it, you know, the price is so big to be famous or whatever. Mm -hmm. In some respects, you're we're all eating away at each other, and, do we actually? Oh yeah, like everybody will fuck everybody over to get somewhere, you know. Shouldn't isn't it more smarter to to go somewhere where there's a bigger pool, rather than all the time fighting for the small little thing? And it's well, yeah. I mean, that goes back to like I, I stopped doing the little shows, you know. I mean, I'm not famous or anything, you know, and anything like that. But you know, I I try to do shows that are gonna get me somewhere, you know. And like I said, in New York City, there's so much competition. And most of the people that have had a shot there, if you can get in the comedy cellar, you know, that's where you're going to get seen because it's like I said, it's the Mecca, you know, the New York comics, you know, and just like the comedy store in L.A. is the Mecca over there. You know, there's there's certain places if you can qualify. But like you said, there's 5000 plus comics in New York City, you know, only only 20 are going to get into the comedy cellar, you know? Yeah. It's it's. I wonder if sometimes they, they they see all these good comics and they do like a lucky dip. Like you've seen a lot where you have all those balls coming in and they put oh, yeah. little names of the comedians. Oh, let's let's see who we're gonna pick. Let's and see. a lot of the the names of in of comics in New York City, they do uh, like eight ten minute spots at like ten clubs a night. They they move around. If you're a well known comic, you can get like seventy five dollars right for for like an eight minute spot at a club, and they go around. They go around all the clubs in one night and they do 10 spots for $75 each. And it's all, it's all the, you know, you're getting paid, right? But it's stage time, you know, whereas a, a comic that's not that popular, he'll be on the $25 circuit, you know, he'll be at the same places, but he's only getting $25. And now, you know, you'll drive between spots, you'll take the subway and you, you go around the city. Because a lot of shows in the city, they're not, other than if it's a name comic they're promoting, a lot of the shows are, there's going to be 10 comics on this, but they're going to be 10 known comics, you know? So like the, the comedy seller doesn't put any shows on that are like, Hey, here's Jim Norton. No, but you know, if you go to the comedy seller right outside the, the place, there's a, there's a whiteboard and it lists the 15 comics that are going to be there that night. Yeah. It, it's, it's, there's always, and nearly everyone that I've seen there has a TV credit. Most in the UK comedy store, not always they're not always on TV, but they're at least right. pro, pro comic who's of a certain level. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, the comedy seller is very, very, very hard to get in there. You know. Yeah, I hear you've got auditions. But Broadway comedy club, you can make a phone corner in there because you know, 
hey, we're doing 20 bringers this weekend. Like, hey, go on, coming in. Yeah, we don't care. You got three friends, come on down. It, uh, the thing that's funny about New York and LA is they don't care about the exploitive nature of it. They, they, no, they, oh, no, these, these clubs, especially the clubs that have been around a long time that have gone from being a name. You know, there's a lot of, there's a few clubs that were, you know, 10 years ago, they were a big deal. You know, they were a big deal. Every, like you said, there'll be drop-ins, you know, of, of names that you've definitely heard, like Seinfeld would show up, you know, Dave Chappelle would show up. You know, you go back to like the 80s, you know, Eddie Murphy would show up just randomly at these places. But now they've gone to shit and they're just doing bringer shows 24-7 and it's just garbage, you know. And, and when, I, when someone sends me a video and says, hey, I, I want to try and get on one of your shows, here's my tape. And I see, I'm not going to say the name, but I see like this one club and I'm like, that anyone can get on there. The, the guy delivering the fucking mail can get on there. But, but what, what, if the video is good, does it persuade you? Yeah, you, you know what it is? You, you probably give it less time, right? You, you're like, okay, I'm going to give this guy three minutes. And if I, if I laugh, he's, he's going to, I'll give him a shot, you know? <laughs> But if you get, if you give me a if you give me a tape from like one of the two or the big the big places, you know everybody knows that where the bringers are. You know all the bookers know where the bringers are. So if you say to me, "Here's a tape from this place," I'm like, "So you didn't get there because you got talent. You got there because you got four friends." You know, it's yeah. <clears throat> but what, why it's it's so? What percentage of in London, they do make an effort to try and put on a good show without saying... Yeah, and that's what I do. And that's what I do with my shows. I, I literally... I put funny people on. I don't put people on that are just there for their friends, you know? It does... There is a bit of effort in, in the UK, definitely. They with, I mean, oh, definitely a lot of them could be better. In London, I'd right. say the shows aren't as good as up north. I think in up okay. north and down the south coast and in um, the midlands the shows are better run as a right, whole right 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 yeah that sounds that sounds like jersey yeah the further uh -huh. away from the city the better the shows pretty, much, pretty much and the more money you're going to make so you effectively yeah. what we basically said in this whole conversation is comics if you want to be paid well and make this your full-time job get a fucking car <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that, that's how jim norton started right so jim norton he uh when he first started doing comedy, he had just got sober, right? So um, he was like 19. And he started, this guy, Bob Levy, I was talking about, crazy alcoholic, very incredibly funny, but crazy alcoholic. Uh, he drove him everywhere, right? So this guy's doing road gigs all over the country. And he got, he drove him and he got his five, 10 minutes up front. And then Andrew Dice Clay saw him and off he went. He's opening for Andrew Dice Clay, you know? So, like you said, if you're the guy with the car, you can get spots all over the place, you know? And even famous ones, they need a lift. You get Bill Burr. Exactly. exactly. I need a fucking lift, guy. Come on, yep. drive me into this Like place. I said, Norton, Norton would drive the guy three, four nights a week to gigs. And he got all this stage time. And he had all the. he got to be good because he had all this stage time, you know? And he got to be in clubs all over the country that, you know, he never would have had access to them at that point, you know? The thing I can't get over with the, with, people saying that any gig's a gig i don't believe that's true at all if you if if you're new i think York, it's i think it's true when you first start and you just need all that stage time to get your shit together you know but i think 
Well, whatever the case is, if you keep performing in front of comics who don't care about you, aren't really. No, no, no. You don't want to do, you know. Like I said, when I first started, though, I did every mic I could do. I did every show I could get on. And now it's like, yeah, like you said, doing a show in front of comics is a complete waste of time. They don't care about your set. They don't want, they, they look at the phone. They want to know when they're on. You know, right. it, it's, it's, and do you really want to make comics laugh at half? half? You know what, though? If you, can, if you can make a comic smile, then you're going to make an audience fall on the floor right well i mean yeah to a degree but sometimes comics leave a laugh because it's so bad oh yeah when i hear oh my god i'm so bad when i when i hear dead silence or i hear people bomb i i laugh way harder than if i hear a good joke sometimes yeah that's definitely the case for me yeah. if I, if I think it, but way, way harder way harder or i laugh at how awkward a situation is or how how, how fucked up it is yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I, I'm the worst when it comes to that. I it, it just makes me smile so so hard when when somebody fucks up, you know. And they, they'll go up there and they'll tell a joke which they're a hundred percent convinced is going to be the best thing ever, you know. And they're like, "Hey, what's up? Everybody died in the Holocaust," and you're like, and then I'll be like, because <laughs> the whole room is just like looking, going, "What the fuck is going on?" And then what you're gonna say? Don't worry, there, son. Don't worry. My name is Phil Mitchell. Don't worry, Gazer. I'm gonna. You did really good. Is that what you do? Oh yeah, you tell him it was. Yeah, you keep doing that, dude. And then I'm like, oh, this guy's not making it. <laughs> yeah. So, what what have you? What has what has been the biggest fuck up in comedy that you've seen? Like the mo the the most strangest thing you've seen in comedy that has made you question your sanity. Oh, oh um, I'm trying to think of an example, but uh, in general, how about guys putting girls on their show because they want to fuck them? <laughs> that always makes me laugh really hard because <laughs> you know you're like, why is this girl this is fucking horrible? Why is she up there? You know? <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and and then and then what happens? Do, do they do they approach them and go, "All right, there, love, how are you doing?" And then she ignores them. What, 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 yeah, pretty much. That's a funny situation where you've yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, it's, or they or they go off with a different comic. <laughs> you book them, but they go off with a different comic. You're like, shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stupidity like that. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, this whole cancel culture and and the crazy liberal people that won't let you say what you want to say anymore you know everybody's getting offended i mean i did i did a show years ago and i and i did a, a, a black racist joke that wasn't even it wasn't horrible it was just like a stupid play on words kind of thing you know and uh the room was quiet and i'm like oh that's not good and then this this african-american guy in the back started laughing and all of a sudden everybody said oh it's okay to laugh <laughs> And I, I've seen that more than once. I've seen it more than once. They literally will look around the room to get validated if it's okay to laugh at some joke. And you're like, I'm in the wrong room now. This is not my room, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's funny. It's often the white person that does it rather than. Oh, it's the white person that gets offended. You know, you're like, they're like, ah, oh, you can't say stuff about transsexuals. And I'm like, okay, so where's the transsexual that got offended? You know? Oh, there's none in the room. Why are you getting offended when there's no one here? Show us, are you? No. Yeah, yeah. Why are you getting offended, you fucking liberal idiot? So, what is what 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 is the thing that makes you keep doing comedy despite all the crap? Man? It's an it's addicted, right? 
the, it's the addicting laugh. to get that five minutes on stage or that ten minutes. It's addicting. You are you saying it's the laugh that keeps you going? Yeah, and you want to get better. I mean, obviously, somebody, everyone wants to get somewhere, but uh, I I find that uh, not only um, is it is it is it the laugh and the stage time. It's like I I have a group of people that I, I don't want to say they're my clique, but they're my friends, you know. And I'll I'll put them on a lot of shows all over, and we have the best time off the stage, as well as on the stage, you know. And that's why you keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely great, you know. <clears throat> Do you, can you, is there certain things that you notice when you see a New York comic and a Jersey comic? Is there, like, can you pick them up before they go into a room? Because often when I've run a gig, I can tell who the comedians are. Oh, well, yeah, like mo a lot of the comics in New York are, are like that, you know, they, they, they get offended for people, you know. You you shouldn't you shouldn't do a show where you have some criticism of what some other comics material should be. You know, have you have you ever done a show where somebody else on the show is like, oh, you, dude, you shouldn't really joke about that. And you're like, who the fuck are you? I can joke about what I want to joke about, and if people get offended, that's up to them. I've I've not I've not had it, but I've. I, I stay away from that. You do whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's right, the... exactly. And if you offend a bunch of people, that's your problem. Yeah, and just tell them, basically just say to them, which arse cheek do you want to kiss first? <laughs> right, exactly, you know. Exactly. It's, it's just, you know. Like I said, it, it, and you agree, you know, it, it, out of the city, it's a whole different thing, you know. If, if what would you say are your favourite clubs if you if there is ones that people should try and get into in terms of how comedy clubs should be run apart from your own in jersey that comic sh if if your newbie comic should try and get to in new jersey to say that you're i mean in new jersey the the two big clubs are one called the stress factory and one called bananas um both of them don't do bringers they, they only do headline shows on the weekend. Um, if you, if you, if Stress Factory is like, again, if the owner sees you and likes you, 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 you might get a shot as a, as a host. You know what I mean? I, I have a friend that actually got a feature there. And actually, when he did the feature spot, the headliner booked him all over the country because he saw him. Um, Bananas is even harder. Bananas only books headline acts feature acts that you've heard of you know so those two if you can get into either of those you've made it in new jersey if you'll make you know you're, you're, you're especially bananas um but everywhere below that you know you, it's uh, it's easier and easier and easier but again the crowd's not going to be that good the what the one i show that i do on a, on a monthly basis at the dojo of comedy that is my favorite show i do you know it's always a good crowd they always want to laugh you know they're there for a comedy show you know they, they pay to get in you know because when someone pays for a comedy show they pay attention right so if you if you do a free comedy show people are like who gives a fuck there's a comedy show going on you know they're, they're they're too busy watching the football on the big tv you know what what so you mentioned a lot about new york before but surely there must be some great clubs apart from the comedy cellar that you really like in new york that are just like that as well uh, Gotham, 
that's a big deal. They do bringers at the in the week, though. I'm not a fan of that, of course. But on the weekend, Gotham is where, you know, people would drop in, famous people. Like uh, Seinfeld will go there randomly when he's trying to work out a special. Uh, the Stand is another one. That's the place that Chappelle did the four hours at, The Stand. Um, other than that, it's, you know, there's the Comedy Cellar, The Stand, and Gotham are like the free the three big ones oh caroline's yeah caroline's but caroline's doesn't do bringers or anything like that and they they're like bananas they only book headline shows on the weekend um and that's right in Times square there's a few there's a few more clubs that are like anyone can get into if they make a phone call you know but those those four are the are the big deals you know what about laughing buddha <laughs> oh my god don't get me started with that oh <laughs> and, uh, yeah fucking jeff lawrence he runs that um it's it's all bringers. Ah. It's all bringers. And pay to play. Yep, yep. Bring bring five people and you can get on a show with Janine Garofalo. I'm like, okay, I like Janine Garofalo, but she's doing four shows a week for that him. Uh, yeah, no, laughing but it's like, it's it's bringer shows. It's all it is. It's bringer shows. <laughs> comedy classes. It's comedy classes too. I, I forgot comedy classes, but laughing butter is comedy classes and bringers. That's all it is. One of the things that I want to ask you about now that I find quite intriguing is how do you... <laughs> so with the Jersey comedy, how does it differ to the Isle of Wight? Wait, the British comedy, do they? how do they break balls? <laughs> how is it different to... Well, like I said, most of the ball breaking, you know, is, is, is off the stage when it comes to the comics. Um, Jersey, again, Jersey, you can get away with more because people are there to laugh. In the city, you people just get offended and you try and do crowd work and, you know, and you, you just say one thing to the wrong person and, and they're just like, you know. I, mean, I My friend did a show. It was at the Dojo. It was one of my shows. He headlined it. And um, he was asking the crowd, you know, who the couples were, right, and who's been married the longest, which is, you know, typical opening up, you know, hosting you know you start the, talking to the crowd you know and he got to this one couple and this guy's like oh yeah yeah this is my third date and the woman just turns around and goes we're just friends <laughs> and the whole fucking room went oh shit you know and, and, and it, it just it, the guy they just started arguing in front of everyone in the middle of the show and then it got quiet for a while and then in the middle of my set the the fucking guy just walks up and goes, he just stands up and walks out of the room and as he's going out of the room, he goes, just fucking friends, get your own fucking ride home, you bitch. <laughs> and and how, how would they do the... the what, so do you prefer, which, if you're being honest, British is British humour better than American humour? <laughs> yeah, I love the sarcasm of the British humour. I, I love I love the sarcasm. You know, Jimmy Carr, right? Jimmy Carr can fucking work. He could work a fucking church. He could work a funeral and make people laugh at it, right? You know? Yeah, definitely. I definitely. There's a lot of stuff that Jimmy Carr does that you could never do over here. You know? Because people don't get people don't get. You know? It's like 9/11 is a good subject that you know you can't. Uh, you, you, you've got to be so clever to tell jokes about stuff that offends people, right? In England, you just got to be clever. You, you got to be clever about it, you know? You got to, like I said, Jimmy Carr's a perfect example. That guy can joke about anything, right? And Ricky, Ricky Gervais, he can joke about anything. But that's because... I mean, look, look at Ricky Gervais when he was over here hosting the, uh, what was it, the Oscars or the... 
the uh, the one of the award shows and he made a joke about um caitlin jenner right and over here everybody's like oh my god don't talk about caitlin jenner you know but in england everybody'd be laughing right but that's his brand that's their brand of comedy yeah and i love that jimmy cars and ricky gervais are the, the guys i look up to when it comes to british comedy you know i like chubby brown you know chubby brown's funny but every joke that you he does you've heard before right it's just he just delivers he, he he knows how to deliver it properly right yeah i i, I used to like frankie boyle a lot i think yes he, he he i don't think what you see now is truly frankie boyle is he's just doing he's toning it down so that he can be seen now compared to before right the real him was before i mean the stuff he used to do before was amazing do you remember in the early 80s there was a comedian called jimmy jones from london Jimmy Jones. I'm not that old, but I'll I'll look him up. Jimmy Jones. Yeah, you might not. I think there's like two videos on YouTube from like VHS tapes. He was like racist and everything you could think of, and he was so funny. You know, it was it was so funny. So so you're saying that you like racist comedy? <laughs> I like I like clever funny comedy. Okay. <laughs> now. If you, t- if you tell the joke the right way, you, Patrice O'Neill, right? Patrice O'Neill was doing an interview on, uh, I think it was CNN. You can you can look it up, right? I think it's on, on YouTube under like Patrice O'Neill, schools, schools reporter from CNN or MSNBC or one of the news channels. And uh, he's he's like, uh, you can tell a joke. Oh, yeah, he was, was talking about rape jokes, right? The interview was about rape jokes. Are rape jokes funny? Because like some comedian fucked up and did a rape joke on TV and got in trouble for it. He's like, you can do jokes about anything if you if it's funny. Hmm. If you know how to make it funny and you're clever, you can joke about any subject. No. But you have to have a lot of skill to get away with it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, look at Jimmy Carr. People are, Jimmy Carr says everything about everything. And does Jimmy Carr get in trouble? He's on regular TV doing that fucking countdown show, right? So if he if he was offending everybody, they'd never put him on TV, would they? You know. But part of it, he's set the brand and he has the authority to do it. For someone like right. you and doing but that's it, that's like Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle can say anything he wants, and no one gives a fuck because he's got the authority. If me, right. we can't say it because we're not we don't have that authority. And now right. the gateways to saying those sort of things are much bigger, so that's right. why it's more difficult to say what mm-hmm. you want to say. You can still build your own audience. I mean, look at uh, Jerry Sadowitz. Every year in Edinburgh, same with Daniel Kitson, they the get festival. a crowd of people to, to to go and watch them perform. Same with mm-hmm. Stuart Lee. It's, I mean, you can be very niche and have your own audience and still make a good living from this. Right. Do you find that you don't like to watch stand-up comedy anymore because you do it? Because I, I always find myself subconsciously like, thinking of a joke that's like kind of like someone's joke because i what you know i don't like, know. I, I only watch like two or three of the top guys you know i won't i don't like watching like random comedy shows anymore because i do stand up you know it, i don't watch as much stand up anymore because yeah I, I prefer comedy that's a, not as predictable i think mm-hmm. i like watching comedy that's a bit different um right. no i get bored sometimes when i'm watching comedy and I'm running the show and I'm there because a lot of the times I can see where the punchline's coming and I've heard a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's predictable as fuck, right? Boring. Like the yeah. rule of three or pullback reveal. And when all I see them do is that and there's no style in it, there's no uniqueness in it, there's no product 
And if you gave the product to someone else, it, they could say it, then, then it's boring. There's nothing interesting. I like seeing a comedy where they tell jokes to do things that can't be just taken straight away, where it's very unique and it's them. Uh, Norm MacDonald is a comedian that he died recently, but he was on SNL Saturday Night Live over here. He went on a talk show and he did this seven minute joke. Um, I'm not going to do any of it justice, but he basically talked about a moth that went into a doctor's office and started going on about how his family sucked. His kids were bad. His kids, one of his kids went to jail. His, his daughter's pregnant and she's like 18, 17. And he tells this whole massive thing and no one in the room had any idea what was going on, right? Because he's like, he's just talking about how he, you know, everybody sucks and, and all this. And he, what is it? What, ask the doctor what he should do. And after seven minutes, he, he says, the doctor goes, you know, you should, uh, I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist. You should really go talk to a psychiatrist, you know? And he says, well, why did you choose to come in here? And he, and he goes, the light was on. <laughs> the whole setup was because this moth went into the doctor's office because the light was on. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody's like, where's he going? Seven, eight minutes of, of this whole story. And that, that was the joke. But that's that's what I want to see. I like to that's see what that. I'm saying, right? You know, you're sitting there going, "Oh, he's going to say this. He's going to say that. He's going to say." That's, no that's one even awesome. saw that coming. That's, that's that's what I that's what I don't like. The other way, because and, and I wish there was more. I saw more of that. Mm -hmm. That's that's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And again, he was famous, so he got to do the seven eight minutes where you and me are they going to pay attention for something? <clears> well. I've seen it happen with a lot of pro acts or a lot of good acts in the UK circuit where they do a lot of unique bits. Yeah. And it pay off. But I think you can, but you just got to do it in a, in your own way. You, right. You got to keep things, the attention of the crowd where you're waiting to get there, right? No, do things in a way where, as I said, being funny, but being a bit where someone else just can't steal your joke because, you know, you being original. Being original. Yeah. And, uh, come on, I mean, like, you must see a lot of joke thieves, see a bit of joke thieving. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to rename this person, but if you look up Patrice O'Neill on on, uh, on YouTube and there's all these videos about a certain person that ripped his whole act off. Well, can I... <clears throat> I want to say, I hope you're having a fun time in New York uh, living on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> 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 you're going in the penthouse now of course um, yeah. but is there anything that you what why should someone do comedy mm -hmm. and what has comedy given you uh comedy's given me an outlet to to say what i want to say to me it's it's one of the most fun things i've ever done um yeah, it's it's just it's it, the camaraderie. When you're not in the, these little cliques, which I don't like to be in, um, you, it's it's so much fun and it, it's it's addictive, right? You ever go on stage and bomb and then get off the stage and you're like, I want to go up there and try again. Yeah, you just want to go right back up there again, right? And people are like, Why would you do that? And I'm like, Because you know what? It's you have no idea what it's like until you do it. But and what what advice would you give to someone that's starting now? I'm sure it's harder to start now because of the whole PC thing, you know, but um, don't, don't go crazy. If you're a kid, you know, if you're a guy starting and don't go crazy offensive, you know, um, don't start like that. Go, 
and, and they say that if you're a clean comic, you know, you can get further, right? Because you can do more shows. I'm not a fan of that. I got this stupid name. That that name doesn't say I'm going to do a, a show at a church, right? So just be be who you want to be up there, you know. Don't don't listen to anyone. If, if you want to get on TV and all that stuff, then yeah, do clean comedy. But if you want to just be, be yourself, I think be yourself, you know. Okay. Even if you are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And like we said, most of them are fucked up. Oh, that's true. But it depends on what degree of fucked up you are. The more fucked up you are, the funnier you are to me. Especially when you when you're fucked up and you you think you're funny. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like laughing, laughing at bombings. That's that's all me. That that's definitely that's all me. Okay. Well, is it? I hope you've had fun on the podcast. Oh, it's been it's been great, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? Um, you can just see all my shows online at nofilterpoor.com. And follow me on all the social medias at NoFilterPaul. All right. And guys back home, if you've liked this episode, make sure you subscribe, share it with your friends, and give this podcast a review on Amazon or iTunes. Ideally positive, but, you know, I love a good good old feedback. And also one more thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, see you guys at next episode. Have a great evening, guys.